If you all sincerely meant that, we don't need this morning's message. Welcome each one here this morning. It's a blessing to be in God's house. Glad for each of you to hear. Welcome to the visitors. I've appreciated the service so far. Um, the songs that we sang, all but one song, had what we're going to talk about this morning in it. It was mentioned in the devotions. Sharing time, it was mentioned. The songs we sang this morning confirm our will to do right and keep our hearts. Hate the false, love the true. Give those who teach pure hearts and wise themselves first training. Draw every heart to thee. Praise with heart of flame. Truth impart to every waiting heart. Glad hearts we bring. Our heart in our hearts the warmest place. Or give give thee in our hearts the warmest place. Devotion has talked about let not your heart be troubled. And this last song we sang was something about our heart as well. Why do I do what I do? What is my heart seeking after? Living for self brings bondage, not freedom. I knew a man who in his youth went to course practice each week. Several young people would meet at the fire hall on a certain night to carpool. One evening after they got back, the rest of the group left, and that young man and a girl were left sitting alone in the car talking. After a while, firemen come out to say they do not allow a fellow and a girl sitting in a car alone in the dark. What kind of heart do you think that young man had? There was a lady a few years ago who wanted to carry flowers at her wedding, but the bishop said no. I don't think the church even had a wedding guidelines or statement on anything like that back then. What in the Bible says you cannot carry flowers at your wedding? How did she respond? What do you think her heart was like? Recently I heard someone who shared about seeing a family that looked like a godly family. But later in conversation with one of the children, they found out it wasn't the case. Underneath, things were very bad. What is the connection between our hearts and our actions? Can we have one without the other? The title of the message this morning is The Heart of the Matter. I found out this is not a small subject. It go many ways. Um, there will be a lot that I do not cover. So, to start with, um, Brother Ben, you want to pull the screen for us. Um, I'm usually a little behind on technology, but um, let's assume this morning I'm a little ahead, and um, let's take a few uh, 
screen, portray a few screenshots of some people here, um, see what their thoughts were for this week. That's all right. Let go up a little. <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right. Let's start here. We're front. Start with Brother John here. What do you think of what he's been thinking this week? Um, we'll take Brother Earl next. All right. Now let's see who should I choose. Um, okay. It's not working. Okay. It's not working. All right, you can put it up again. Would that make you uneasy? They have technology nowadays. They can read DNA and whatever, things like that. If if that were possible, would that make you uneasy? Would that make you sit on the edge of your seat? Are you comfortable? Are you fine? Turn to Second Chronicles chapter 6. Second Chronicles chapter six, verse thirty. Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men. Psalms forty four says, Shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Turn to Psalm 139, verse 1 and 2. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest mine downsittings and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. The Lord understands our thoughts afar off. And Luke uh, Jesus was talking there, talked about in Jesus pursuing or perceiving the thought of their heart. Turn to Hebrews 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and of marrow, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him we have whom we have to do. And turn to yet to Revelation 2, verse 23. Earlier on here, it's talking about how God knows the, the works of the churches. Then in verse, Revelation 2, 23. Uh, picking up there, partway down, verse 23 there. I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. 
I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Here the word works denotes comprehensively what a man is and, and how he acts. So God knows our hearts. There's nothing hidden from God. No matter anything that is in our heart, God perceives even the thoughts of our heart. So let's keep that in mind. What kind of heart did Jesus have? Let's look at a couple of things about uh, what kind of heart Jesus had. Um, we want to be like him, so maybe that would give us some things that we should aim for. Turn to Matthew 11, verse 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Here we see that Jesus was meek and lowly in heart. Meek and lowly in heart. So that's something for us to remember, something for us to aim for in our lives. Hebrews seven twenty six. We see it is holy. Hebrews seven twenty six. For such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Here the high priest is talking about Jesus. Um, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Also, I had to think of the uh, verse in in Matthew, where when Jesus saw the multitudes, um, talks about how he was moved with compassion. He saw them as um, sheep being scattered, not having a shepherd, and his heart was moved with compassion for them. So there's many other verses that would talk about um, the character Jesus had, maybe not necessarily saying what his heart was, and yet it would give indication what his heart would be. Now let's look a little bit about um, condition of of hearts. Let's turn to the parable of the sower in Matthew, uh, Mark, Mark four, Gospel of Mark, chapter four. Start reading at verse fourteen. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. 
Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Which type of soil best represents your heart? Not what you know it should be, but what it is. Maybe you feel you're in between two of them. I know for myself, I want to be that good, rich soil, but it takes effort to keep the thorns out, too. As was mentioned earlier today, and someone else was saying about that yesterday, life is so busy, we get so caught up in, in these things, it takes effort to keep our priorities right and to seek first the, the kingdom of God in our, in our lives. Mark talks about um, Jesus answered them and said unto them, for the hardness of your heart, he wrote this precept talking about um, divorce, I guess. Hardness of your heart. Okay, a hard heart? No, that's not. We don't want to have that. Psalm 66 talks about, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So to regard iniquity in our heart, to have a sinful heart, that's not, we don't want that either. Obadiah talks about the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. That's not good either. We don't want that. Turn to Psalm 51, 17. Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. There, that's what we want. Have a broken and a contrite heart. God can use that. God can work. If that is the condition of your heart. Next, I would like to look at a little bit how our heart affects our outward. First Kings 8, it talked about, Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord your God. And then it goes on to say, To walk, or to do, His statutes, and to keep His commandments. So it's supposed to start in the heart, and then affect um, what you do. Turn to Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Matthew 
Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So here we see that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What is in is what comes out. Good treasure in your heart brings good things. Evil things in your heart brings out evil things. Turn to Mark 7.21. Mark 7.21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. So we see that out of the heart, if a heart has evil in it, All kinds of wicked things come out on the outside. Romans talks about, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which is delivered unto you, being then made free from sin, became the servants of righteousness. So as they obeyed from the heart, um, then they did what was right on the outside. Uh, Ephesians talks about, it's addressing servants, but it talks about doing the will of God from the heart. Doing the will of God from the heart. The opposite is also true. The outward can affect our heart as well. In Ezekiel, uh, I think it was probably referring to Satan there in Ezekiel 28, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. There, the heart inside was lifted up because of what they had on the outside. In 1 Kings, it talks about um, Solomon. Solomon had many strange women around him, which God told them would turn their hearts away. And it did. His wives turned away his heart. So what, what he had around him there turned away his heart. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. I just had uh, reminded again of that um, this week, of what what is on the outside, how it can affect our heart. Um, Wife gave me a haircut this week. I took off my loose 
outer shirt for that. And um, later in the evening, as I was cleaning up around the house then, I began to realize my ego was beginning to be inflated. You can laugh. (laughs) What we think of ourselves is not necessarily what others think. But I began to feel like someone I had seen recently, how they acted when they wore a tight shirt. They feel like they need to show off a little bit. Supposed to notice their build. When I was in high school, um, we were required to wear T-shirts for gym class, and it it made you feel different. Um, people in the wrestling team or weightlifting or whatever, they wore shirts that you knew what they had. Um, did that help them to be humble, meek, and lowly? It didn't. That wasn't their goal. That wasn't their goal. One of them later committed suicide. Something must not have satisfied. What is my goal? What we do on the outside can affect our hearts. And if we continue to go down, it can continue to build pride in our hearts. There could be some possible similarities with sisters as well. You can do things that may feed pride in your hearts. But that has an additional part to it as well because those things can also be a temptation then to men as that is can be essential to men. Which way is my heart turned? Let's look a little bit about direction of our hearts. You can turn to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. Verse 12 and 13. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, Sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Which way is my heart turned? Why did Lot pitch his tent toward Sodom? Maybe there was a reason, I don't know, it doesn't say. Did anybody notice? Did his wife ask him about it? Did he have a right heart, but camp too close to wickedness? Or was his heart not right and eventually got him into the wrong place? We're not told. But we do know where he ended up and what it led to. So let's search our heart. Where is my heart turned towards? Where is my, what am I pitched toward? What am I looking towards? Now recently I had listened to a message that exposes some of the, the bondage and discouragement that uh, Satan brings by people trying to fit into the world's mold um, and how the bondage fashion brings versus the, the freedom that God gives to the heart of a believer whose acceptance is found in Christ, not what everyone else thinks. 
Um, in First Peter, it talks about um, about not doing the world's outly adorning, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. What is on the inside? Focus on the inward. That is what is important. That is what of great price. Do I give more time and attention to the character of my heart or my outward appearance? Just like Jesus, we do not need to follow the world's standard. I have a quote here from Adam Clark. When either men or, I'm sorry, when either women or men spend much time, cost, and attention on decorating their persons, it affords a painful proof that within there is low excellence, that they are endeavoring to supply the want of mind and moral good by the feeble and silly aids of dress and ornament. That's not scripture, but maybe there's more truth to it than we would like to admit. Then just this past Friday morning in um, devotions, my wife and I read from beside the still waters, the freedom paradox. What direction is my heart turned? Where am I getting my clues from? To Taffy the mini poodle, the kennel walls seemed unnecessarily, unnecessary hindrances. Like many individuals of a more intelligent race, he thought freedom from restrictions would be fun. And when one day the door was left open, he slipped away. The world was an exciting place with so much to be discovered. What glorious freedom to roam leisurely along the roadway, to rump across a neighbor's field and into his woods, to sniff along the trails. There were, however, some things that Taffy had failed to consider. With night coming on, Game trails disappeared, and he floundered through snow up to his shoulders. Hungry and tired, he realized he was no match for a prowling pack of coyotes. Perhaps true freedom was something the world could not provide. Is the world alluring to you? You are not alone. The cycle is almost as old as the earth itself. First the tempter draws our attention to the forbidden fruit. Then if we let our minds dwell upon it, he feeds us half-truths, cleverly concealing the consequences. Finally, we yield to temptation, only to discover that what seemed so desirable is in fact empty and miserable. God knew best, after all. There's hope. God still calls sinners to repentance. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you hear the Spirit's voice, do not delay. Turn at once and come to the shelter of the fold. Today, Taffy is safe in his kennel, with a warm place to sleep, lots to eat, and walls to keep out hungry coyotes. Find spiritual shelter for your own life by following the will of God as written in his word, and rejoice in a freedom the world can never give. Which way is my heart turned? Turn to Malachi chapter 4. Last book in the Old Testament. 
closing verses here, Malachi 4 to the end, verse 4 to the end. I'm sorry, verse 5. Malachi 4, 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest they come and smite the earth with a curse. To turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. If not, he says, I will smite the earth with a curse. It won't be good. We're seeing a lot of that in the world we live in today. Probably many of us can think of a situation where there was a child who didn't always have their heart turned to their father as they should. Or maybe a father did not have their heart to the child as they should. Does that mean your father needs to be perfect? Before you turn your heart to him? I don't think so. He may make mistakes. But it would be better for you both if your hearts are turned toward each other. So if you are struggling or have a need in your life, please do not just wait for someone to talk to you about it. Yes, people that should that care should seek out those needs, but it doesn't always happen as it should. God is perfect and always does right. Mortal human beings aren't always that way. Also, if you know somebody that's struggling, please try to encourage them to open up, bring it to the light of God's love, God's word, others to help get get help. Let's look a little bit about um, discerning hearts, how to discern hearts. Um, turn to First Samuel 16. First Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. As we said before, God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. Um, so the Lord looketh on the heart. Man, we look on the outside. I couldn't read those hearts this morning. But we can see the outside um, God always discerns correctly. Sometimes we get it wrong. God knows before the fruit comes. When the fruit comes, we can know what is in the heart. But God knows even before that. There's so many different combinations you can have of hearts. You can have a right heart that does what is right. You can have a right heart but lacks understanding or discernment and does the wrong thing. You can have someone that appears right. You think everything looks right, but they have a heart that's struggling. 
a person that may appear right on the outside may have a heart that's seeking after the flesh. You may have somebody you think they are appear carnal, but they have a heart that's seeking to find God. Or you have those that appear carnal, and their heart is carnal. And many more combinations. Back to our story at the beginning. I don't know if you figured out yet what you thought about that young man or not. That young man that was sitting in the car talking with a girl, he had a right heart. I felt so bad about that, even to this day. My heart was right, but I did not think about what we were doing. It doesn't look good. Does that mean I had a sinful heart? No. But it still does not necessarily leave a good testimony for the Lord. Now, I trust my response to him did leave a good testimony. But. And so, there are times that we may need the help of other people. That we don't keep doing something that could possibly leave a, a poor testimony for the Lord. Turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke six forty three to 45. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of the thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. When you bump a cup, what comes out? What's in it, right? What I'm sowing is what I reap. It's one of the God's principles that doesn't change. Another verse I had to think about in in discerning hearts, maybe this is more in discerning my own heart. Um, Matthew says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. So that's a good way for us to maybe check Discern our hearts. Where's your treasure at? Where your treasure is at, that's where your heart is too. That's a good test. I also had to think about in relation to hearts about having a submissive heart. In Hebrews, it talks about obeying them that have the rule over you, submitting yourselves, for they watch for your souls, for they must give account. 
that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So I had to think that verse is a little similar to that one we read there in Malachi about turning your heart of the child to the father. Um, Otherwise, it won't be good for you. Well, it's a little what this verse is saying, that um, submitting to those that have the rule over for you, uh, if you don't do that, that's not good. It's not going to be good for you. This verse doesn't specifically mention heart, but soul is pretty close to your heart. Back to the example of the young lady wanting to carry flowers at her wedding, and her bishop said no. How do you think she responded? How would you have responded if that was you? Well, have you found another church? Found somebody else? Well, have you just done it and seethed for a while, for a few years? Become bitter about it? I recently asked my wife about it, and she didn't even seem to remember it. What a blessing to be able to bow our hearts and accept things like that. Years later, it will probably look like a small thing or even be forgotten. To my knowledge, it hasn't caused any detriment to our marriage. I had to think of a, another time um, when... I was a young man in Grenada driving, um, thought I was a good driver, um, had a clean record. One of our committee members came down and thought I drove too fast. Um, I went down a little hard. I thought I was a good driver. Um, what did he know about driving in that country? <laughs> You know, he wasn't. He wasn't used to it. Um, they drove there, a little like Haiti and Africa and places like that. I bowed my heart to that. Even though I did not think it was necessary, but because my authority said so. You know, what possibly I could have been spared from, I don't know. You know, what could have happened if otherwise. And now I'm old enough and look back and I do the same to some other people. My point is there's be willing to accept counsel from others. You know, just do it. Years down the road, you might look back and understand better. How can we keep our hearts right? I think scripture is one thing. Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 9. And 10 and 11. 
Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thought. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Some good verses for us to keep in mind. To keep our hearts when we face situations in life. Proverbs has a lot to say about the heart. Um, You can look up heart in your concordance and find there's lots of verses. Proverbs 2, apply thy heart unto understanding. Proverbs 3, let thine heart keep my father's commandments. Proverbs 4, 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 6, lust not after her. Talking about the strange woman, someone who's not your wife. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Proverbs 14. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Proverbs 16. Every one that is proud in heart is an abomination unto the Lord. Proverbs 28. He that is of a proud heart Stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. Some good verses to keep in mind. It's good to have scripture in our minds that we can bring it to memory when we face situations. Another thing I think about is songs. Songs are a good way of helping us when we face situations in life. I had copied this song, Pure in Heart, O God, laying on my desk uh, to share for this message. Then I had a situation came up that I was not planning for. I think it was the next morning. Um... I must have accidentally touched something on my phone I didn't see was there when I was reading an article and got a full screen image I did not intend to. It was the day I was planning to spend most of the day studying for this message. Now my heart was targeted with this. As I took men to work that morning, I sang phrases of this song. Over and over again in my mind. Or I guess even out loud after I didn't have them with me. Pure in heart, O God, help me to be. May I devote my life wholly to Thee. Watch Thou my wayward feet. Guide me with counsel sweet. Purer in heart, help me to be. Pure in heart, O God, 
help me to be. Teach me to do thy will most lovingly. Be thou my friend and guide. Let me with thee abide. Pure in heart, help me to be. Pure in heart, O God, help me to be. That I, thy holy face, one day may see. Keep me from secret sin. Reign thou my soul within. Pure in heart, help me to be. No, I didn't sit down and study that morning. I went out in God's creation and ran the chainsaw. Satan wants to defile our hearts. God wants us to be pure in heart. The whole way through our innermost being. Satan is a liar and a deceiver. Don't be ensnared by his tactics. A day or so later, I thought about the deceptiveness of what I faced. You know, my phone across the top of it said, the best for you. And a little more. And then suddenly the image appeared. What is best for me? Does Satan know what is best? Does he have my best interest in mind? No, he does not. He's out to seek and destroy and kill. What that said was best for me, according to my Bible, is the way to hell. Going down to the chambers of death. Satan is a deceiver. Don't fall for his tactics as Adam and Eve did. Later on, another thought I had was how important it is for us to have in our heart a desire to be like Jesus. You know, instead of instantly trying to get rid of on my phone what I had, a person could have thought, you know, my accountability software is going to flag it anyhow. Might as well look why I have it. We need accountability is good. I'm not mocking that. We need that. But we need more than that. We need a heart that desires what God wants for us. What would your heart tell you to do? I don't mean to be lifting myself up for this example. I didn't plan to have it happen. Praise the Lord for how I was able to respond. But that doesn't mean I'm above temptation. Matthew 5, 8 is the verse at the top of this song. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There's two other songs that I had as well. Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior. Know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. I praise thee, Lord, for cleansing me from sin. Fulfill thy word and make me pure within. Fill me with fire where once I burned with shame. Grant my desire to magnify thy name. Lord, take my life and make it wholly thine. Fill my poor heart with thy great love divine. Take all my will, my passion, self and pride. 
I now surrender, Lord, in me abide. The other one I had here was, Search me, O God, my actions try. And I forgot to mention the Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts from Psalms was the verse above that one. This other song has, I know also, my God, that thou triest the hearts, and that's pleasure and uprightness from First Chronicles. Search me, O God, my actions try, and let my life appear as seen by thine all-searching eye. To mine make ways, to, to mine my ways make clear. Search all my sense and know my heart. Who only canst make known? And let the deep, the hidden part, to me be fully shown. Throw light into the darkened cells where passion reigns within. Quicken my conscience till it feels the loathsomeness of sin. Search till thy fiery glance has cast its holy light through all. And I by grace am brought at last before thy face to fall. Thus prostrate I shall learn of thee what now I feebly prove, that God alone in Christ can be utterably to me, utterable to me. It's good to have some good songs in our hearts that we can use to minister the other thing I had to think was other people. Turn to Hebrews 3. What are things that can help us to keep our hearts pure? Other people. Hebrews 3, verse 12, 13. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort here is to call near, to invoke, to invite, um, to beseech, to do that to each other. Lest there be an evil heart of unbelief developing in any of us. Uh, go back to Hebrews 10, 22. Hebrews 10, 22 to 25. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, Let's hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let's consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as a manner some is, but exhorting one another, as so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Exhorting, encouraging one another to walk faithfully with God. Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. 
Let's be open to give and to receive exhortation from one another. I use a lot of examples from my life. That's whose heart I know best. You may share your own personal examples. It gives time for comments, if you wish. I had to think of Brother Lindell's prayer request that he had for an older man that lost his son to COVID. That's sad. We care. We pray for them. But to me, it was even sadder that he said about that his dad grew up in a Mennonite church, but no one in his family was saved that they knew of, he knew of. It was a Mennonite church. I'm sure it was an imperfect one and had some problems. Unless you make any wrong assumptions, you can put any church name in there, including ours. Something began to go wrong somewhere. Possibly it was little by little. It couldn't be seen for a long time. Maybe it was a blow-up that everybody knew. I'm not sure. I don't know what happened. Probably we can think of different situations that we know. Something went wrong. Probably began small, tiny seed in a heart, and the direction went wrong. Hebrews 12 tells us, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. To allow a wrong root in your heart, it will grow bigger. And bigger and bigger. Jeremiah 29 tells us, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. Matthew 7 talks about, Seek and ye shall find. He that seeketh findeth. Hebrews 11 talks about, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Each of us personally have a responsibility our own heart. Yes, there may be things that make it challenging. The Bible says offenses will come. Not trying to excuse them either. But ultimately, those that have come to the age of accountability are responsible for their heart. Maybe you tried to get help and it didn't help. Keep seeking God until you find. May we all strive to have the heart of Jesus meek, lowly, holy, and undefiled, that we can live a clear, open life, walking in faith, joyfully serving the Lord. May God help those who are walking in the light with a true heart to have discernment, to be able to see hearts that are struggling, to be moved with compassion like Jesus was, and have wisdom to know how to help them could be another whole subject in itself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Would your heart be ready to meet your Maker today?